The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. By the way, I wanted to say hello to Taylor and uh, the crew over at Asplund. I was uh, heading up to one of our radio station sites in Gold Hill the other day, and Taylor and the crew, they were getting ready to take down a uh, tree, I believe, for Pacific Power, you know, getting the power uh, lines protected and you know, keeping the dead trees from falling on the power lines. And it's just great talking to them. And I know that they listen. I just want to say hi, and I hope that they are doing okay. So occasionally I can abuse my privilege as host. And I'm going to continue the abuse as we bring on Glenn Archambault, another great guy. Uh, And I don't know, how are the baby lambs in Phoenix there? Glenn, welcome back. They're doing great, Bill. It's cold and muddy, and they're having fun out there chasing each other. There's only a, only a handful. There'll be a lot more here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I imagine so. I wanted to uh, touch in with you because you are the elected Farm Services Agency rep here from uh, Southern Oregon, and you were reelected recently, I guess. Is that true, or did I hear that wrong? No, we, we have three elected officials in Southwest Oregon, and mm-hmm. another one was voted back in, just like I'm voted back in, because nobody votes in America. Oh. Um, so <laughs> you, you get what you don't. If you don't vote, you get you get me. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I think you're a pretty thoughtful guy, though, when it comes to the uh, the food system, and you've been bringing many uh, issues going on at the federal level, and how it ends up affecting us at the state and, of course, our county and town levels too. I mean, even down to you know the supermarket that we end up going to. And has uh, there been any movement or any interesting news and or policy changes coming out of the administration? Uh, through the various benefits and various grants of USDA and so much more. Uh, could you give us the uh, the latest, please? just want to kind of catch up. Well, the, the big latest, Bill, is the fact that we are at war. And so in a war footing, you got to think about your food, ammunition, and tank practice, and you got to ship it all somewhere. Right. And so uh, uh, America is grinding towards World War II. Are we going to be tough enough to get out there and build bombers and you know, or, or you meant a World War Three stance is what you were saying, yeah, right? Yeah, that's where we're headed. Okay. Um, I, I watch this every day, and the thing I'm looking for is shipping and materials. Um, we have a whole industry within our military that all they do is ship things, um, and, and that's a really interesting bunch of people um, because they're capable of putting your tank, you know, right in the middle of some place in Europe in a couple of days, you know, or food for, you know, 500000 you name it, they can do it. Do you see strain in the shipping system even right now when it comes to the movement of food? And when food gets expensive, sometimes overseas, and or gets crimped, it's, uh, many times these are global commodities like uh, wheat from Ukraine, as an example, correct? This is a huge issue. We're still growing lots of crops, lots of food out there. Getting it to market, getting it to your dinner table, that's a different subject. Because if you watch, especially in the Ukraine, you know, we've now watched months of this, the Russians able to hit places like a grain silo or a grain ship. Mm-hmm. Um, those are really painful in our markets and in our uh, transportation of food. You blow the truck up that was carrying the grain last week, what are you going to do now? And, that, and that's what we're doing. What is uh, affecting our markets, if uh, if any? Is it just weather at this point, or are there other pressures still? Because, you know, we're past pandemic, but I can't exactly say that we're a healthy country when it comes to transportation 
and or farming? We're not. Um, we're very capable. We're very bright people. But for some reason, we can't quite get past some issues. And, and one of them is we can't get the price of food down. And, and I know if you watched the big news last night, that was a big discussion out of the Federal Reserve. You know, they're saying all's good. Don't worry, Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm saying worry, Bill, because I keep going back into the grocery store and I keep seeing those people standing there going, wow, this costs how much? Um, it, and so that's a real defect in our economy. Um, and, and that's going on strongly. We, we have not been able to beat inflation. Who is making the money in the system, if at all, then? Because I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example that I remember when, and I'm not even talking about a, just a few years ago, uh, stew meat, as an example, was a, a relatively inexpensive way to bring some protein into a diet, let's say. And yeah. now you're looking at stew cuts of meat of anywhere between seven, eight, nine, ten dollars a pound, which uh, you know used to be a cost for steak. Now steak is in the thirty to forty dollar ranges for the nicer cuts. Yeah. You know that's the way. And this is just reality that we're talking about. And, and, and you know, Bill, I know a lot about downstream from all of this and the meat prices or beef prices. The beef industry is in kind of chaos right now. It looks like it's going to go up some more in price. Um, what's going to get exported, what kind of cuts, all those kind of things are probably not figured out yet. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty clear that our bigger operations are in place and they're making some kind of money and our smaller ones are going to go out. Oh. I see that coming. Um, and so Southern Oregon is really exposed because we don't have great huge ag systems here that would feed the nation. We're, we're very specialized. We have our pears and wine grapes, small amount of livestock, almost non-existent. Um, and so it's going to, I think people are going to be shocked to see that beef price go up again. I mean, wow, through the last couple of years, it, it's just amazing the prices you look at. Has that affected you too? I mean, you grow lambs, but I don't know if the price that they pay you has really gone up appreciably because my concern has always been that the farmers don't seem to get the uh, the money out of it, and it seems to be the the middlemen and the big processors. Am I wrong or right about that? No, that that's pretty much what's going on, Bill. Another thing that's going on locally is in the spring right now, you start to see the sale of lambs and calves, and those animals will go to smaller farms, and they will raise them, and they will sell them, or they may uh, process the animal and sell parts of it. But that's a weak market right now. And we need to we need to fix that because that's the one place that food is growing in Southwest Oregon is out on those small livestock farms. How can the market be improved for them? How can a adequate market be be done? Because every time I see the federal government or the even the state government for uh, oftentimes get involved with something, they tend to destroy what they're trying to save. I don't. <laughs> I could be wrong, but exactly. you know. <laughs> well. Basically, Oregon is not a friendly state to agriculture. I know. Um, and, I, and, and I know the governor's probably gnashing her teeth right now as I say that, but um, that's the facts. You know, and, and, and I point this out to people. We've been, you know, since 1973, you know, our, our famous land use laws came into effect, and it was supposed to, you know, feed us and take care of everything. Well, I thought that was about saving farmland, wasn't it? It was. We saved lots of farmland. We just didn't grow much. Oh, go out there and look at it. It, It's half of it's empty. Hmm. 
and you can't and you can't make money doing that right now. No, hmm. no, you can't make money doing that. And and we and we have we still got to get over all the irrigation water system problems, and you know there's no certainty. Um, people just the other day were showing me asking about a contract agreement between landowner and producer. No way, because the the, the landowner could not assure the person taking up the property that water would arrive. There was no certainty. What ro- what role? Speaking of water certainty, what role, yeah. if anything, does the removal of the Klamath dams play in what uh, we could be looking at here? Does it have an effect at all on? the availability of talent irrigation district to negotiate for, for water or diversions. I, I, this is so arcane and it's difficult for me just as a regular talk show guy to really understand it completely. Um, maybe you could help. Okay. It's, it's, to me, it's really simple. It's a disaster. Agriculture is looking at the removal of the dams as a global economic chaos. Hmm. Um, and, and, and that's because, Agriculture has lost most of the battles over irrigation water in the state of Oregon. And so it's just one more loss, but it's a big one. And, and most of us in agriculture are very connected to those dams. I used to build fencing around areas along that river to keep the cows out and the elk and what have you. So it, it's a, I'm really attached to the community. I come from Oregon Tech and diesel power. Um, you, you just, we are blown off the map over the loss of the dam. Do you believe, though, that this is an intentional destruction of our ability to and to grow and or feed ourselves? And I know that sounds very conspiratorial, but you see so much that seems to be about deindustrializing, and we're going to destroy infrastructure under the guise of saving Mother Earth. You know, I, I can't help but but think that this is a you know part of the plan. It, it's part of a plan by people that are incompetent and under, undereducated. You know, whenever I listen to people on both sides of the issues talk, I really look back at their academic and practical backgrounds. I don't see that in most of the people in charge, like removing the dams and a whole lot of other water issues and food production. We got the wrong guys at the top of the command chain. Uh, and, and it's not that they're intentionally destroying everything. I think they think they're doing a great job. They just don't have the background to be doing it. Not at all. But what ends up being destroyed then probably then gives pause to the financial people not wanting to invest in food and or agriculture or trying to help that out, right? Because you're you're seeing that the uh, the atmosphere is not conducive to well being able to stay alive and make a profit and feed people at the same time. And and I think that something that's getting lost when when you talk about investment. Any investment, if you want to build a steel plant in Pennsylvania today, you've got to have electricity, and it's got to be arrived and absolutely certain that's going to happen. Right. Well, the same thing's true here, but there is no certainty. You don't know for sure if the water is going to arrive. So if you go and put a crop in or sign a contract to lease land, any of those kind of things, you're at great risk. And people are not stupid. They may fall for that once or twice, but they're not going to keep dealing with that issue that they can't resolve. And that that issue is that we have people in charge that don't know what they're doing. Is there a relatively simple policy, in your view, that could be done at a local or state level to help alleviate some of these challenges of uncertainty that you have described, Glenn Archambault? We are 
Okay, Bill, we're going to back this for a moment. Where we are at war, love it or hate it, I don't care what the TV people say. We're at war, and so is America going to be able to step up and produce all the things we're going to need, like huge amounts of food going uh, into places where, like in the Ukraine, you know, we send our equipment, we've got people there. Mm-hmm. Are we feeding and caring for them, and how much is that going to cost? And and you know, Bill, some of these things historically are are huge. Do you, do you know what the Berlin Airlift was, Bill? Yes. Okay. So in the Berlin Airlift, there was so much material moving. Every 45 seconds, a plane moved into place, landed, and took off again. For months, they did that. And so if we got to go back to something like that or, or help Ukraine or help Israel or help God knows how many other places. Taiwan, whatever. To, yeah, we're going to have to be able to do that, or we're going to have to get out of the game, one or the other. But what I'm now, what I'm focusing on though is, you know, how can we bring more certainty to our farmers so that they can get land and get a deal and get a market? Though uh, it's probably multiple uh, multiple issues of concern there. But what would be a start in your view? I mean, you you have the twenty thousand foot or the forty thousand foot level view of it being on the you know Farm Services Agency part of USDA. Yes, you know, Bill, and oh, the governor's really going to gnash her teeth at this, but um, you got to get the got to get agricultural out of the courtroom. So what happens is every issue you can think of ends up being you know twenty years of pushing and shoving about some issue that can't get resolved because the court system's not the place to be. Having been there many times, and I've watched this take place, where you have a judge or a jury, they don't understand what we're talking about. And so somewhere somewhere we got to put the emphasis back on agriculture, not on winning and losing court cases, because that, that's... You know, and, and, and is that is that where you are right now? Are, in other words, are you talking about uh, really protecting, truly protecting the right to farm, which means protecting right. the property right inherent in such matters? Yes, yes, yeah. Every everything that comes attached to that property that has to do with the right to farm needs to be kept in place. Um, you can't just arbitrarily decide I don't like the irrigation ditch next to my fence and my fancy home. Um, go away. You can't. We can't do that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah, a little bit of the uh, the NIMBYs need to be smacked down and smacked down hard, I guess, right? Well, the, the global economy is going to do that to them, I hate to tell them, um, and that's exactly what we're looking at today, is that we have issues out there financially and politically that are just overwhelming. Mm. Um, so if you want to be, you know, demanding that all the bunnies be given, you know, better treatment out in the farm field, um we can't. We we we're going to run out of money. <laughs> What's going to happen? Um, and, and I see that going on right now. You know, we everybody's got an issue. Yeah. Nobody wants to work at. It. And in other words, keep the busybodies out of farms. Keep them out of the. Yeah. Well, I guess we're all cage-free eggs now, right? Sure. Who cares? Yeah, I've noticed that the eggs are very expensive now. That there has to be a connection yeah. to that. Right. Yeah, and and I know all about that because when I was in the first grade, Bill, I raised chickens to sell. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I I know the industry. <laughs> I'm going to take that as the marching order. We'll have you back here, Glenn. Like I said, it's been a few months yeah. since we had a chance to talk. Yeah, and uh, we'll have you back. But still, the number one action that could be done is to find a way to keep farms and agriculture out of the legal battle, out of the courtroom, because right now. Yeah. 
you're you're having to to waste a lot of time and effort, and there's no certainty, so people don't want to invest in food. Hmm. Boy, no, they don't. And and I'll leave you this with this, Phil. Um, if you're living here in Southwest Oregon, if it weren't for the rest of the world, you'd be starving right now. Which, uh, of course, uh, gives one pause when you think about earthquakes, all sorts of things that could intervene in life to uh, sever the I-5 corridor. Uh, We'd need our own Berlin lift in order to live, wouldn't we? We we would. And, and you know, Bill, um, in 1971, I was there, the biggest earthquake in North American history that killed people quickly. I was standing there. I moved to Oregon. And <laughs> <place> <laughs> now, and now look at you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Glenn, yeah. But, but that's what you got to do. You got to do something. Don't sit there, people. Get up and do something. Glenn, appreciate the call as always. Great catching sure. up with you. Glenn Archambeau, our elected Farm Services Agency rep here for Southwest Oregon. And this is the Bill Meyer Show. Take care, Glenn. We'll be back in touch. It's 836 KMED KCMD. Well, you know, Glenn's always talking about, uh, you know, how often, uh, you know, the money, the investment involved. And if you opened up your insurance bill, chances are they're wanting more money and more investment. <laughs> oh, boy. What to do about that? You look at this, you you look at the renewal rate, and then you pass out. All right. Well, I don't want you hitting the floor and uh, getting a concussion, okay? So get in touch with uh, Steve Yancey at Sky Park Insurance. Sky Park Insurance is an independent insurance agency, and he works with lots of different companies. I've said this before. I've saved hundreds of dollars with him over the years. So have many KMD and KCMD listeners. He also has Lynn Barton now on the uh, Sky Park crew, and they're taking care of all sorts of business when it comes to Medicare and Medicare supplement programs and finding the uh, best way to help you out. One way or the other, call him up for a quote. It's free. And you may have a great deal, and if so, he'll let you know. If you have a bad deal, he can possibly make you a better deal. 2615444. Two six one five four four four. You can also find out more about Steve at SkyParkins.com. At SkyPark, we make insurance easy. It's home show season. Go see Johnson Builders at the Josephine County Home Show and get low home show pricing for any building you need. From small shop to a riding arena, residential or commercial, Johnson Builders has been the leading authority on post and frame construction in the region for over 20 years. Explore the possibilities at the Josephine County Home Show, Friday through Sunday, February 16th through the 18th. Visit johnson.builders for more information. Johnson Builders, building for your future. Hi, this is Ken. Heart disease is the number one cause of death among older adults. But here at Prestige Senior Living Arbor Place, we take the health and wellness of our residents to heart. We're offering a free guide on heart health for older adults on our website at prestigecanhelp.com. It includes information on common heart health risks, and tips on how nutrition, fitness, sleep, and stress management can promote a healthy heart. Visit PrestigeCanHelp.com to download the guide. Again, that's PrestigeCanHelp.com. See you soon. The Bill Myers Show, 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. Oh, it might help if I turn the microphone on. There we go. It's 838. Hello, Wild Sam and Steve. What's on your mind about uh, agriculture? Go. Yeah, we used to, well, in 1979, we bought 11 acres of land and a house that Mm -hmm. was pretty much bare. Nothing had been done to it. And I built fences and barns and chicken coops, and and, uh, we did the whole thing. We had a small hay field. We had a contract guy come in to bale our hay. So when you're doing that, you understand all the little nuances from the cost of baling twine to 
you know, uh, chicken feed especially uh, and and water, uh, everything goes into creating a product. And we did it not so much for a financial thing, but it was a lifestyle. I enjoyed the heck out of raising cattle. Mm-hmm. We, we would have a couple lambs in the spring. We butchered them. Our kids understood what food was. And, uh, yeah, where are we going to go with that, though? And we get that. It was well, It was great. You can't do that today. For one thing, the auction is gone. So where do you go to buy a calf? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're controlling water so much that you can't even use the water out of your well to irrigate a pasture. I, I'm guessing at that. I, 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 you know. Well, I think a residential well, yeah. Otherwise, it would have to be a commercial well, I think is what it would be, or classified. Or I, there, I may have yeah, misnamed well, the classification of the well. Just another... Just another restriction on being able to raise food. Hmm. Um, it's it's a real challenge. And thank you for having Sheriff uh, Stickler talk about the radio thing, because I was always wondering what happened to that $2.5 million. Yeah, and yeah. that is uh, going to be, and I can, apparently they're going to complete that, but they're going to need uh, another $4.5 million. And I get it, though. I mean, you, you spec that and you bid it out back in uh, 2018. A lot changed <laughs> between then well, and now. Yeah, right? well, this is the ripples. This is the ripples of spending more money than you have from the federal government. Everything mm-hmm. costs more, and there is less resources available downstream, and they're just repercussions after repercussions. You know, I don't know what he's going to propose for a jail now, but last it was 60 to $90 million. I bet you're going to double that now. I would say by the time it's, uh, if it ever gets constructed, it's a quarter of a, of a billion, right? I'm yeah, going to say a quarter of a billion. I'll, I'll say two fifty. I'll say two fifty. I will. I'll get back to you on that. Okay. Appreciate the call there, Steve Selma, Dave. Hey, Dave, take it away. What's going on? Uh, okay. So we know that immigration is a giant problem in this country. Uh, according to the Iowa caucuses, it was the top uh, issue over the economy. New York City, according to the mayor, is being wrecked by illegal immigration. Oh no, this is not. This is not true. I'm looking here on the front page of the Wall Street Journal this morning, Selma, Dave. It says. Uh-huh. Immigration wave delivers economic windfall, but there's a catch. You know, they're they're saying that all these people will be working in our economy, and it's going to be better. That's the yeah, kind of analysis a, you're getting from the Wall Street Journal, yeah. the Wall Street Journal. Well, all right, yeah, that's 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 Fox News television <laughs> for stupid people. They own Fox News anyway. Okay. So uh, the the mayor of New York City says that the city's being destroyed, and they've only got about 150,000 immigrants that are causing all this problem. We saw the cops being beat up. Yep. We know at Lakewood Church in Houston just the other day, 36-year-old transvestite Genese Moreno was arrested. Long criminal record from from, uh, El Salvador, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus Armando Pena, 18, who shot a 51-year-old here in Medford. Then we got Sebastian Villanisor in Ontario Christian High School in Southern California. He was plotting a school shooting. Then we have the the four individuals that were arrested with, uh, I I was wrong when I called earlier, it's 370 gallons of liquid heroin, which, which the United States attorney says we've never seen anything like this in Oregon. Because So when the, the sheriff said, well, you know, they get it into the country all different ways. No, this is a big deal. This is 1.6 metric tons of liquid heroin. The United States attorney says it's the biggest thing we've seen on the West Coast and in Oregon ever. It's a giant problem. But you see, now, that's why open, but you see, this is open borders. The route is open borders. Yeah. 
The root well, is I'm just you, trying to, you know, and, and, and if you and if you can't stop the invasion of diversity yeah. under the guise of, uh, okay. you know, it's impolite to, uh, to to notice that you're being invaded. I don't know where we go unless you're allowed to notice and do something yeah, so about Todd, it. Todd Benzman, who penned the book uh, Overrun, uh, one of the biggest border advocates and knows his stuff, found a way to track the cell phones that they're giving out to these illegal aliens. Mm-hmm. So we have ten. Sanctuary states in the country. Three of them are on the West Coast. Colorado's in the middle. The rest are on the East Coast. Now, I'm going to get... Yeah, I get that. Now, I'm going to give you just a quick one because I'm out of time, all right? But I want to I want to just mention that there is an article on Fox News, which actually is a smart article, on how... And this may be the bottom line here. Remember, the census is decided not by citizens, but by your total number of people. And you can't help but think that uh, the uh, 8 million or more that have come in there are being redistributed yeah, they want to more representative. Yeah, to the, the exactly. California lost some representative lost a representative last time around. They may gain it back as time goes on. You could even see oh, something and, like that and, happen. And then some. Yeah, exactly. So think about that as one of the strategies of a let it happen. Appreciate the call there, Selma Dave, 844 at KMED KCMD. I'm going to hang up on everybody because the Diner 62 Real American quiz is coming up next, so I'm going to jump on this at 770-5633-770-KMED. And you can try and win that here in a couple of minutes. And I think it, it's a great question about Oregon and it's some Oregon history. I think you're going to love this one. 770-5633. We'll do it after news. When John and Dan Drake purchased Drake's paint in 2005 from their father, all the Benjamin Moore paint and inventory came with it, of course. But the most valuable part of the transaction was the name handed down from their great-great-grandfather. The Drakes have been painters for generations, and they've built their reputation with integrity, respect, love, and hard work. Those qualities are alive today at your only locally owned paint store in Medford and Grants Pass. Drake's Paint and Supply, featuring a America's best paint, Benjamin Moore. Good morning. I'm Molly Smith with your NBC5 morning news update. A suspect in a Grants Pass murder was back in court Wednesday afternoon. According to Grants Pass police, 25-year-old Kiernan Fucci called 911 saying he shot another man earlier this month. Fucci was arrested for second-degree murder and unlawful use of a weapon. The victim was identified as 23-year-old Jonathan R. Davis Jr. Fucci pled not guilty in court last week and his next court appearance is set for April 15th. And the Medford City Council will discuss extending their housing incentive program at their meeting tonight. Councilors are considering a resolution to allocate $100,000 in ARPA funds to grow the Accessory Dwelling Unit Housing Program, which helps to reduce public infrastructure fees. Medford Planning Director Matt Brinkley says that this program has already seen great success and ARPA funds have been used for this program in the past. He says the city has quadrupled their goals for building ADUs, but more money is needed to sustain this program. Brinkley says ADUs are an affordable option and serve as a possible stream of income for homeowners. And we're about a week out from learning just what the Brit has in store this summer. The Brit Festival Orchestra will be holding a season reveal party on the 22nd at Bingham Knoll in Jacksonville. If you'd like to attend and help fundraise for the organization, tickets run $50. You can find out more at BritFest.org. 
And that's a look at your morning headlines. For NBC5 News, I'm Molly Smith. This hour of the Bill Myers Show is brought to you by Johnson Builders, Southern Oregon's leading authority on post frame and steel buildings for over 20 years. Rise and shine with the ultimate breakfast experience from Artisan Bakery Cafe. You'll be wowed once again with this limited-time veggie breakfast bagel sandwich, a fresh-baked toasted bagel layered with cream cheese, egg, cheddar cheese, onions, pepperoncini, and fresh tomato. A breakfast sensation sure to give your day a jump start. Wait, there's more. Bacon breakfast bagel sandwich also available for a limited time. Order online at DoorDash or visit 1325 Center Drive across from South Fred Meyer. Here at American Rancher Garage, we respect and support those individuals who currently or have previously served this great country and our local communities. As a small token of our respect and appreciation for their service, we extend our Heroes discount to all active or veteran military personnel and to our active or retired first responders. There is no way to completely repay your dedication to the protection of our country and communities, but we will do what we can. February is for sweethearts and sweet savings on a new Ford at Butler Ford in Ashland. Joel here, and nothing says I love you like a brand new truck in your driveway, especially when you can finance a new Ford F-150 at the low, low rate of 1.9% for 72 months. And here's another sweet low rate deal, your choice of Ford Escape or Ford Edge with 0% financing for 60 months. Come to Ashland for low rates, 1.9% financing on Ford F-150s, 0% financing on Ford Escapes and Edges. That's how Ford's cost less in Ashland. Remember, Butler says yes to 0% financing. Butler says yes to bigger discounts and rebates. Butler says yes to giving you more for your trade. Butler Ford and Truck Center, just 12 short minutes south of Medford, right off of exit 19, where we've got your truck, your SUV, and certified pre-owned. Looking for a quality used car, truck, or SUV? Start your search at butlerpreownedsupercenter.com. That's butlerpreownedsupercenter.com. 60 monthly payments at 1667 per thousand finance and 72 monthly payments at 1471 per thousand finance on approved credit through Ford Credit Financing. Offer ends 229.24. Hey, this is Lisa Stofan. Heard the Mark Patrick weight loss hypnosis hype? Well, I attended because my father stopped smoking with hypnosis. Hypnosis eliminated my desire for soda and fast food, made me want to exercise, and I lost 60 pounds in six months. My energy level exploded. I went to another session to deal with some other problem foods, and I lost another 10 pounds. In fact, I brought my husband. He lost weight. More important, cholesterol and blood pressure improved. My friend went and she lost 20 pounds in the first two months. So does Mark Patrick hypnosis work? Oh yeah, it works. Nothing has changed my life more. Well, except maybe my husband. He's so proud of me. Makes me cry. Wow, what an incredible story. So what are you waiting for? Join Mark Patrick seminars and lose the weight or stop smoking guaranteed. That's right. Weight loss seminar today at the Hilton Garden Inn Hotel in Medford, 5.30 p.m. Registration begins at 5 p.m. Stop smoking seminar starts at 8 p.m. Registration starts at 7.30 p.m. MarkPatrickSeminars.com. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. And this is the Bill Myers Show. And we have the Diner 62 Real American Quiz tomorrow, by the way. Clam Chowder Friday at Diner 62. Come on in, have a bowl or grab some to go. And if you have not tried the crispy chicken sandwich, they just put that on the menu. That is money, baby. Dave's here. Hey, Dave. Welcome. How are you doing this morning? Hey, great. Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Dave, it was Saturday in history, February 17th, 1913, Oregon passes the first statewide minimum wage law. The first state to do that. Uh, plight of workers during the early days of the Industrial Revolution was less than ideal. Ten-hour, six-day work weeks, pay barely above subsistence. However, 
Uh, employers openly discriminated in setting wages for men versus women. The first state to pass laws to change that was Massachusetts. They called for an establishment of boards that would determine what a living wage for women were, or was rather. But it would be Oregon a year later that created the first minimum wage laws for women. So what was the first minimum hourly wage for women in Oregon in 1913? Was it 15 cents an hour, 25 cents an hour, 35 cents an hour, 45 cents an hour, or 55 cents an hour? Minimum wage for women in 1913. 15 cents an hour. One more time. 15. Yes. Five. 15 cents an hour. That was it, baby. The commission established a minimum weekly wage that ranged from eight and a quarter in smaller towns to nine and a quarter in certain occupations in Portland, but nine hours of labor was a common daily limit. So the minimum wage amounted to 15 cents an hour for a 50-hour work week back then. Other provisions of the code prohibited night work and established a 45-minute lunch period. And by the way, Oregon's law led to a couple of things, Dave. First, a court case concerning Oregon's law made it to the Supreme Court. A 4-4 decision upheld it. And secondly, other states would try to follow in setting minimum wages of their own, but much less successfully in 1923. The court struck down Washington, D.C.'s minimum wage law, holding that the district had no right to interfere with private enterprise. The same reasoning was used to strike down most of the wage laws that followed until the Great Depression changed public opinion and legislative course. And here we are. It's Nirvana now. You know that, Dave, right? Right? Yes, I do. Okay, Dave. $100 in 1900 is now worth $7 today. Uh Uh-huh. Inversely, if you multiply what... $7 $7 is today, 15 cents back then would be more like uh, $15. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hang on. I'll be right with you, okay? He's going to Diner 62. We'll have another one of those coming up on Tuesday, all right? 853 at KMED, KCMD. Here at American Rancher Garage, we respect and support those individuals who currently or have previously served this great country and our local communities. As a small token of our respect and appreciation for their service, we extend our HEROES discount to all active or veteran military personnel and to our active or retired first responders. There is no way to completely repay your dedication to the protection of our country and communities, but we will do what we can. One of each sold VIN 909407 MSRP 21615 due Sportage VIN 69157 MSRP 3390 due 10K miles per year, zero security deposit, all incentives and discounts to dealer plus tax title license, 150 registration processing fee, trading in a vehicle will not eliminate your debt, negative equity applied to new loan balance ends 229.24. With brand new Kias starting at $149 a month, it's time to get more in 24 at Kia Medford. More savings, more selection, more for your trade. Rush in now. Get a new 2024 Kia Soul LX Automatic, just one. 49 a month lease for a new 2024 Kia Sportage LX all-wheel drive. Only $199 a month lease, both for 24 months. Ready to get out of your current lease or loan? Once we make a deal, we'll pay off your trade no matter how much you owe. Need credit? Go to KiaMedford.com to get pre-approved in less than 30 seconds with no effect on your credit score. Get more in 24 with Souls, $149 a month. Sportages, $199 a month at Kia Medford. Click KiaMedford.com. 
Oregon Truck and Auto Authority is your Linex bedliner source. Linex is the number one rated spray-on bedliner in the world, backed with a nationwide lifetime warranty. Don't just protect it, Linex it. Oregon Truck and Auto Authority, your one-stop accessory and protection shop. Saving big, I can dig on just the things I need. Oregon E-Deals has saved the Rogue Valley truckloads of money over the years on things you buy and use often. All Beauty Mark Salon certificates are half off. Also, save big on Diner 62, Malello's Coffee, and Freddy's Diner. This and much more available exclusively at OregonEDeals.com. I'm hooked on OregonEDeals.com. I'm saving big. Are you the parent of a two to seven year old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents Choice Award winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one -on -one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month, but you have to go to abcmouse.com radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. Hi, I'm Amber Rose from Siskiyou Pump Service, and I'm on 106.7 KMED. We're going to wrap Conspiracy Theory Thursday, not with calls. If you're on uh, if you're on hold, I'm sorry, I can't get to any more calls at this point, because I promised the time to uh, Diane or Sam Anderson. Do you prefer Sam or Diane? Diane is fine. Okay, yes. Diane is, is fine. Yeah. We've had her on, and uh, she's been putting on numerous, numerous uh, presentations around uh, Southwest Oregon about uh, essentially the, the globalist takeover and how it's uh, coming through your 15 or 20 minute cities through right. you know the uh, climate friendly equitable community like the city of Medford has been talking about because it's been forced by an executive order by uh, former governor brown all right well tomorrow night sam's going to be presenting the future of protopia's digital dictatorship and this you say is all part and this is going to be at the phoenix library Right? Yes, yes. At what time? 5.30. 530. Still free. Just get into the meeting room and off you go. Yes. And you say this is all part of the U.S.-Russian partnership created under the Obama administration. It did. It formed a 16-member commission, uh, members of uh, United States and Russia and their different departments. And they were um, uh, met uh, in various what they call foresight conferences. Mm -hmm. Uh, in 2016, it took a while for everything to get going, but out of that came Cisco donated billions of dollars to build a school. It's a new institute. It's like a Menlo Park next to Moscow. Oh, a Silicon Valley laboratories was built. Skokolvo Institute, it's called, and Cisco donated millions of dollars. That. Uh, uh, Silicon Valley and MIT helped do this. And so they have all kinds of labs uh, at that institute, and they're partnered with the United States in order to create a global governing, global finance, global military agreements, everything, now, how you live. Now, let me just uh, touch on this, because you think about this, you contrast this knowledge of this agreement, which is there, right, and it's, it's been done. Yes, it's in and, the it's in the White House archive for Obama. Okay, and this is in effect right now. At the same time that everything is Putin evil, Putin bad, Putin this, Putin that, Putin whatever. Right. And uh, and then you have Tucker on the other you know end of things. Mm -hmm. Tucker Carlson is an example. 
Is this all a big head fake, all of this conflict with Russia, given the fact that the United States is supposedly partnered here, or at least parts of the U.S. government? Am I I wrong or crazy to even think that? They always like to instill fear in people and in in communities and create a crisis wherever it's it's possible, whether it's human or natural made. But the whole idea is to create a smart world, smart government, smart cities, smart individuals, they even call them. Uh So... Uh, and, as long as you don't ask too many questions, then you're considered smart. Don't ask too many questions about the right. the, uh, the tyrant yeah, above you. It's not that kind of smartness. It's, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, right. right. But I wanted to cover some of the aspects of what those uh, foresight conferences, they took place first in Menlo Park, and then they went to Russia in Moscow, mm-hmm. and then they went to Brazil, and then they went to Sao Paulo in, in South America. And then they created what these maps of the future, and they took those maps to World Economic Forum and presented them there in 2016. And so that's what I kind of want to cover is what are those trends, future AI technologies, those kind of things that will be on your, in our communities are on those maps. And I, I wanted to specifically go to the uh, Menlo Park conference and find out exactly what they what they had on their docket and they called theirs a towards learner centered lifelong learning and the results of those came out actually in 2015 how many times you have brought that up at lifelong learning oh well ever since i started this 30 years ago i know yeah i found a book called patterns in lifelong learning um, it was a, yeah, well, well yeah. I've got about two minutes before I turn okay. into a pumpkin. Okay. So okay. hit that. I just want to make sure give me something meaty there that, be, that you'll explain more okay. about tomorrow night well, to give you to you. Oh, for tomorrow night. Yeah. Well, the key technological trends that shape the future of education, according to the California, uh, committee mm-hmm. that was down there. And there's like 400 people from all over the world there, you know, including the Institute in Moscow. And so they, they provide a nice uh, uh, slide share for you to even look at. So I copied one out, and I'll share uh, tomorrow night. They had a, kind of a map here of hard technologies, and then they had a risk factor. And there was one risk factor that stood out from that conference, and it was called mandatory neuroimplanting. Oh, why, that sounds very much like, uh, right. I don't know, what Elon Musk is uh, promoting and what various other places are, They're like a transhumanism right. uh, issue. Correct. A when, component of this. Right. Oh, How interesting. Yeah, you, you'll have your little chip implant and you'll be happy within your climate-friendly, equitable community in Medford and Ashland Correct. and Grants Pass. I don't know Yay. if they're talking about uh, nanotechnology being implanted, uh-huh. you know, to you know, target some part of your body so you can cure. Oh, but the yeah, big, okay. but the big elites are talking about this, aren't they? Oh yeah, Menlo Park, right there uh, in Silicon Valley. Uh, yeah, that's their one risk factor that they mentioned there. Oh, now a risk factor that we would uh, reject it. Yes, the risk yeah. is that we're creating too too much of too many too much oh. ado, too oh. much flack. All right, so this is what we're going to do. All right, so if you would like to find out more about this uh, with uh, Sam Diane Anderson, Diane Diane Anderson, tomorrow night five thirty. It is a free event at yes. the Phoenix Library. Five thirty. How long will you be there? Uh, well, how long? However long people want to ask questions. She'll be speaking for the next seven days. Then 
You know, I, I think it <laughs> ends up being the case. But uh, get educated on this uh, particular wrinkle, and we might bring you back on the air to have a, a deeper dive on that another time, okay? Okay. All right. So tomorrow night, 5.30, and uh, you will talk about the future of Protopia's digital dictatorship. Very light, uh, very light, uh, enjoyable subject, all right? Uh, so we'll talk to you tomorrow on uh, Find Your Phone Friday, okay? It is 9.03. This is KMED, KMED HD1 Eagle Point, and 99.3 KCMD Grants Pass. We'll catch you on Friday. News and weather this hour is brought to you by Rotary Drilling Company, a division of Siskiyou Pump Service. From field to tap, Siskiyou Pump has you covered. Visit SiskiyouPump.com. That's SiskiyouPump.com. Sadly, over 80% of the people who started a diet on January 1st have already quit. Hi, this is Zola from PlanZDiet.com. So why'd they quit? The cravings are a big reason. They can't stand it. With Plan Z, you'll have our unique ZR50 Crave Control Spray on your side. It'll keep you comfortable while the pounds peel off. You'll pass by the pizza and the donuts. The food is often another reason. If you're stuck making your meal and then a different one for your family, that's no fun. With Plan Z, everyone can eat the same things. Can you say meatloaf, chili, and more? You'll eat real food. You get to eat out, too. Other diets keep you at home microwaving frozen food. They say you have to exercise. I'll tell you that you don't have to exercise to lose weight quickly. Our dieters lose an average of 31 pounds in just 50 days. Most diets are too slow to keep you motivated, not Plan Z. If you quit one of those other diets, it's time for Plan Z. Plan Z is guaranteed, has payment plans that can fit the budget, and tastes great. PlanZDiet.com. Hi, it's Bill Meyer. I switched my home and auto insurance to Sky Park Insurance, an independent insurance agency with providers like Progressive, Safeco, and Foremost, just to name a few. Steve provided better coverage, including earthquake, and still saved me money. Whether it's home, auto, investment properties, boats, RVs, life, or umbrella, call Steve for a quote. 541-261-5444. That's 261-5444. Or visit skyparkins.com. At Sky Park, we make insurance easy. If you even think you may be in danger of foreclosure, call the National Foundation for Credit Counseling today at 866-687-6322 or visit mortgagehelpnow.org. Again, that's 866-687-6322 or visit mortgagehelpnow.org. This has been a public service from the NFCC. KMED Weather brought to you by locally owned and operated Stephen Westfall Roofing, Inc., specializing in all types of metal roofing. Call today, get an estimate tomorrow. Stephen Westfall, Inc. gets it done. Shower activity will stick around at least into the early morning hours of Friday. We'll be a little bit drier Friday than shower activity increases into this weekend. High today of 50. We're dropping to 41 tonight, 58 Friday, 56 Saturday. A meteorologist Bobby J for NBC5. Campaign 2024 and another caucus has come and gone. I just want to really thank the great people of Nevada. And a decisive win for former President Trump. We're leading everybody. As the journey to the November presidential election continues. Is there any way we can call the election for next Tuesday? That's all I want. For all you need to know, keep it here on KMED and 99.3 KCMD.